listening to the Justin and Greg podcast. Thanks for coming back, everyone. What do you mean coming back? Well, there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast on the weekly, mm-hmm. and I want to say thank you for your listenership. Oh, that's nice. This podcast is brought to you by people who do not wear sunscreen in very warm weather. It's brought to you by your five head that, that is disgustingly peeling skin all over the studio. I'm going to paint a picture for those people who watch The Walking Dead. Oh, no. I am in the show. I'm a zombie with rotting flesh everywhere. Gross. My nose I'm is blistered. Red. They usually look more dead. My forehead's blistered. Yeah, My you're, f- you're, you're a bit of a... You're, because it's way up high. Like the tennis band took out a chunk of it. It's the section above, mm. which is extended, you know, the extended LP in your case. It goes way up there. It's a lot good. of skin up there. It's not good. Well, actually, there's not a lot of skin up there anymore, but there used to be. You were sunburned too, but you would never know it. Now you're this beautiful I, tan I have this beautiful Hungarian goulash skin. It responds well to What's, sunshine. What is goulash? Well, until you try it, you'll never know, Craig. Oh, it's food. I think it's like a... I should know this. I'm half Hungarian. It's like soup or pasta. I'm not sure. I think it's like a soup, a stew goulash so you want us to eat your skin or the color of the of the goulash no i'm just saying it soaks up a lot of sun and just keeps trucking like goulash we were in the city of las vegas last week thursday to monday flew in watched the vegas Golden knights crush mm. and by crush i mean squeak out a win against yeah. the florida panthers in, in a shootout, in a shootout. they put us in the parade beforehand which is cool because before every game, they have this massive drum line that is surrounded front and back. Front is showgirls with these hats that are like 20 feet tall. And really them. impressive outfits. Cheerleaders, yeah. And then Justin and Greg were in the middle. Security almost tackled us at one point. Our camera guy, Zach, was like there. And the security guard starts, hey, you too. And he starts running to like one of the people from their team. He's like, no, 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 that's okay. <laughs> They're good. Because he thought we're two drunk idiots. Yeah, he thought the dancing was so bad. There's no way they should be in this drum line. Yes. Anyway, it was fun. We got oh, to meet was... a lot of good friends. It ended up being our one-year anniversary since falling in love well, I guess not since falling in love, but since being can, down in Las Vegas. Can you finish? Not between us. No, it, between Justin Knights. and Greg being one entity and the Vegas Golden Knights one year since we had actually been there in the fortress watching a first game. It's amazing how much time has passed and how much I feel it, like family. It, it feels like that was a very, very long time ago. That's We feel like Vegas story. locals. I never would have thought yeah, I would feel absolutely. like a Vegas local. That's a story for another day if you're not familiar with that story. It's, it's wild and insane. There's so much to it. But the real reason that we were down there was to go to NASCAR. What? Yes, NASCAR. Justin and Greg's first NASCAR experience, except they gave us these hot passes where we are allowed to go anywhere and everywhere. In fact, we were hanging out with the pit crews, doing all sorts of funzy things like... Well, we were changing tires or attempting to change tires. You tried to jump the wall with 152 tires that weigh 75 pounds each, 150 pounds. They jump it while the car is coming like full 55 miles an hour, about 95 kilometers an hour. They just jump over the wall. Your jumping was terrible. It was not good. So when you think of NASCAR, the word that comes to mind usually is redneck. Sure. People are like, oh, it's just rednecks and they're silly cars. Having been down there for three days watching NASCAR and getting exposed to what happens there, it is the exact opposite of that. It is elite athletes and mechanics and engineers and drivers and 
Well, Rutgers. you had like former, like, well, Clemson running back. He was a running back at Clemson, right? That's one of the guys we were talking to. Elite level swimmers. There's ex-Navy SEALs, like running in the pit crews. You've got engineers doing all these like computational permutations and combinations to figure out all these things. And then we spent, all, you know, 25 minutes with Kyle Larson. It was the him and the Chip Ganassi team. Thanks, Credit One, for sending us down there. And he was just like a normal dude who wasn't even that into cars. So cool. He was into lettuce, actually. You'll see the interview <laughs> later. It's his favorite snack food is is lettuce. No, he said things with lettuce. He salads. said he eats up to three salads a day, which I for think dessert. is, is no, wrong. No, I thought three salads for dessert. It's wrong. What do you mean it's wrong? Yeah, yeah. You are the anti-vegetable king. You don't king. win friends with salad. That was said somewhere. He doesn't need friends. You're right. He doesn't. He's surrounded by elite level athletes all trying to give him and engineers you know, a shot at winning. So what kind of rocked my world was the intensity. Sunshine. Well, that is that, but also the intensity on on time, how 0.1 seconds is equivalent to 56 feet on the track? Yeah, I think that's what he said. At full tilt, 0.1 seconds. And so when they're working with these pit crews, these elite level athletes, is because I think it's around 13, 12 to 13 seconds because they only let five guys out there and they have all these rules about what they can and cannot do to kind of do a pit stop. And so if you're 0.2 seconds slower than you know, the next guy down the line, which is a blink of an eye, he said, I think 0.2 seconds, 0.2 seconds slower could be over 100 feet, which in the end could be like six, seven places in the race you lose out on Insane. in the blink of an eye. Insane. The quote that I loved was they said it was easier to train an athlete to be a mechanic than a mechanic to be an athlete. Hmm. So everyone's been kind of moving to these amazing athletes becoming mechanics, and then their teams can change the wheels, fill a car, lift it up all in less than 13 seconds. Can I say this the last point before we move off of NASCAR? Because you guys are like, no, this is awesome. They were genuinely some of the friendliest people I have ever met in my entire life. And like they kind of access again, we're in their trailers, we're in their space, we're with the pit crew messing around. They let me try the the tire gun where they take the lug nuts off and and we were in their space and they seemed like they were more than happy to have us there. They were an absolute blast. Professionals, a real treat, fun. But to be that good at your job and then that welcoming, you got to go check it out. If you get a chance to go see NASCAR, I want to encourage you. Find something that can give you a hot pass. Like, there's celebrities. We were hanging out with the guy next to the lead singer of Corn. Yeah. was right next to us. Him and Kurt Busch, who there is, I think, a much bigger celebrity than Corn is. Yeah. But Kurt Busch, we went to the washroom. There's, a, there's the actually a video. Time. If you want to, the video will be out by the time this podcast is out. You can go watch us literally trying to carry tires and, and match what these pro athletes are doing. And like all access with this driver, like 30 seconds before he gets in his car, he's just hanging out with fans. It, it, it's insane. There, I want you to check out the video and listen to the story about the guy who lost his thumb in a race and continued on the race. Like they finished the entire race over two and a half hours later without his thumb. Yeah, he wasn't a racer. He's in the pit crew. Lost his thumb. Did like seven pit changes without a thumb. And at the end, finally Don't tell went, them. Don't tell them. Because they won't watch the video. Oh, okay, right. Yeah. You got to watch the video to figure out how it ends. Suspense. Okay, so this podcast is going to be a lot of fun because we're talking about real issues. Oh, no. Real issue number one. I actually one. have no idea what the topics are. Now I'm scared out of my tree. Game of Thrones is the real issue. So the Game oh, of Thrones baby. released their official trailer. This is the final season of Game of Thrones. So mm-hmm. if you're not familiar with Game of Thrones, the, the guy who, who wrote it, I don't remember his name. Remember his name? The author? Uh, J.R. Martin. Tolkien. No, it's George R. Martin. That's what George it is. something. Not J.R. Tolkien. Anyway, he's supposed to write seven books for this series. Okay. He's written, I think he's written five. The sixth one's been delayed for years. Really? Yes. Uh, the sixth one's supposed to come out next year now. Okay, sure. Anyway, HBO has bought the rights to the books. And so yep. this is the last season of 
of the Game of Thrones series, which is going to finish the seventh book, which is still going to be that's written. That's funny. He hasn't even written it yet. No. And he, he actually has admitted well, that that's it, weird. there's going to be some tweaks to how it's finished in the book. But for the most part, just take it a completely different direction. Game of Thrones is going to cover this off. This but, is the crazy part is they've been shooting this and they're talking, I think each episode is about 90 minutes long or something around that. That is a feature film. A feature film, and they have to do like seven or eight episodes, like seven or eight feature films. And people are like, because it was like a year and a half or two years between when the last one ended and this one came out. It's been out. a long, long time. A long time. But when you think about that, like people struggled to do one of those in two years, and they did seven or eight. Well, they were talking about how there's this battle at Winterfell, and it needs to take place at night. And it's basically, it's probably a scene that takes place over a few episodes. Winterfell's but, like a castle? Yeah, I okay. think so. I don't actually really remember, but. 11 weeks of night shoots at basically zero degree or freezing temperatures. Which is nothing 30s, to Canadians. 30s for, for you Fahrenheiters. But 11 weeks, and the actor was talking about it, is the most grueling thing that you have ever done. And you cannot get sick because if you get sick, you screw over everybody else and just delay the whole thing. Well, that's grueling unless you're Canadian living in Regina because we had the coldest winter in 80 years. So Sure, but we get to stay inside most of the time at least. No. Okay, they might have a heated trailer, but they're filming. They're working out in the... Like, I understand if you are a construction worker or somebody has to work outside when it's minus 40 for... It feels like two months all the time with the wind chill here. Like, it's just been nuts. You can laugh at these guys, but for you, my friend, Greg... You wear ski pants all year round, it seems like, mostly in the wintertime, and stay indoors. So who cares? There's nothing wrong with ski pants. It's a tool to survive the winter. I understand you're warm, yes, but you can't look down on these guys because they had to be in whatever skimpy outfits they needed to be in. You mean like filming. bear fur? No, it's not real bear fur. They're wearing massive amounts of fur and pelts that are it's warm. It's synthetic. It doesn't keep you as warm. They're warm. Trust me, it's fine. No. So about Game of Thrones, though, is this the the TV moment of our generation? Yes. Like, you talk about MASH, the MASH season finale in the 80s. Yep. There was over 100 million people tuned in. Households. Households. Back back when, it you know, there was only a few different channels to watch. Yeah, no, it was one of the, it was the biggest TV event of all time. Most amount of viewers that have ever tuned into something. And so we're never going to get to that again because everything's so fractured now, right? No, I mean, there's a billion, not a billion, but so many different TV programs. Interesting thought. Yeah, I think this is going to be the most viewed TV series of a generation for sure. I think that the lead up to this and the fact that they put so much time and ultimately money and that each episode is 90 minutes, I feel like they have audiences ready to go. And the storyline is compelling enough that you don't know who's going to live or die and it's all over the map. And that's what makes the best TV shows and actually not just TV shows, but everything in the world the best is when people aren't self-preservationists. People like... When you go, you know what? I don't really care at work in a good sense whether I'm going to do the right thing regardless of what it costs me. Think about politics. Right now, politics are kind of a, a right, bit of a mess. Right now? Here in uh, both Canada and the US now. we've we Canadians have joined in on the scandals. And, uh, but you feel like politics is all about self-preservation. Sure. Yeah. It's, it's not about doing the right thing. It's not about coming clean. How can we get these votes? To vote us we back need in, to yeah. protect ourselves and our party at all costs, and all we care about is staying in power. And I feel like with Game of Thrones, they've always been good about, you know what, nobody here is safe. 
and anybody can go at any time. And that makes it so much more compelling because you can tell they're not just trying to extend it for as long as the seasons can keep going. And there's actually an ending coming. That's why it's special. That's actually a good point. I remember reading the first book, the main character who you love gets yep. killed. And you're like, mm-hmm. what? Yeah. You can't do that. There's seven more or six more books to go. Yeah, it just came completely out of left field because every other TV show, their head's on the chopping block. And what do you know? At the last second, the sword goes up, they end the season, and then the next season starts and somebody and runs fine. in, stop, 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 or you know, something happens where they're always going to keep on living. But they're not ending this because the ratings suck. They're not ending this because the network has canceled it. it it's the end of the story. It's the end of the story. It reminds me of the old school Batman. Same bat time, same bat channel where Batman would get into predicaments and he'd be almost dead. And then he would be like, hey, tune in next week, which would be tomorrow. Oh, that's funny. And he would get out every time. No, you just knew I don't like that. So there's dragons in this one anyway, the Game of Thrones. I think the dragons are going to kill everyone and live happily ever after. Hmm. But there's one bad dragon and two good dragons. Oh, you really? There is? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So well, now you ruined that for me and yeah. everyone else listening. Well, you're never going to watch it. Anyway, so I have I have been against watching this Game of Thrones because I'm like, I don't care that people are obsessed with it. But then I realized if this is a historic TV moment, mm-hmm. I don't mind going to do that and watch it with people. Because tonight, it's this Thursday night, the new Captain Marvel movie comes out tonight. Okay. And I bought tickets to this months ago. Why? Here's why. I'm not a diehard Marvel fan. I enjoy them. They're fine. They're fun. But when you're around a community of people that live and breathe it and get dressed up and hoot and holler and can laugh at things that you don't even know about, it's actually a really fun cultural community experience. I and so that. The, I went to the opening night of Avengers mm-hmm. and people were crying and laughing and losing their minds. And it reminded me why theaters exist, not just for a big screen, but if you can watch a movie with people that actually care and are invested in it, it's fun versus going to a movie sure. four weeks later and people are on their phones yeah. and the kids are Definitely talking. There's and a different energy and a vibe and a buzz. But... It's funny how, if you've probably heard about this in the news, that Steven Spielberg thinks Netflix should not be allowed to win Academy Awards or Oscars. I love Steven Spielberg, but that's a really dumb thing to say. I mean, he's he's pointing to them and saying they don't really put stuff in theaters other than to do it for two or three weeks in limited releases, and, and that's it. Why does it need to be in a theaters to be considered for an Academy Award? It's still a movie. Because that's what a movie is. No, it's not. Yeah, I'm not necessarily buying the logic. Netflix had an interesting response to this whole thing. Now, Steven Spielberg sits on the, like, not the board of directors, but something like the council who decides stuff for the Academy Awards and different things. And so he's pushing for this. But Netflix was saying how, like, hey, what about people who don't have access to communities with theaters that can even play this? And it's cool to be able to release it. Which is a lot of people. All at once and, and to be able to watch it at home. And somebody was pointing out the thing that. Theaters are predicated on the only way they make money is to sell you $12 popcorn. Which is actually a really good example. I'm going tonight. It will be $10 or $11. For popcorn and then $7 for a pop or a soda, as you might say in the Which US. Which is free. And 4 to $5 for a little thing candy. Like a combo for one person is $20 for popcorn and pop. I don't know if you know this. The cost to produce, pretty small. It's almost zero. Almost zero. And the entire business model is predicated on selling those things. And tickets, I think, are just simply break-even options. And I guess it's a it's a way for the studios to make money. But at the end of the day, Netflix can also make money and do it. And in fact, fund a whole bunch more creators. But I don't think that there's the same kind of budgets for these massive blockbusters anymore because, well, blockbuster is gone, but also... Well, and I will the- argue this too. The movie industry has become an industry. It's about making money. Sure. It used to be 
about art and making amazing movies where people would invest in making the best film. Now that it's a full on business, they want to know how can I make this a trilogy and reuse parts sure. and to make sure that I'm investing in this so that I can have more margin yeah, and to mar- make money right? on the other side. So they're making all these movies that are just trying to make money. And I think that's why we have less and less movies we actually care about because everyone's just trying to get a cheap laugh or a cheap moment of attention. And then we walk it's away just, and go, eh, it's it was a mediocre. Model. And they figured out the formula. They know the formula for a story that'll be fine and, and the Rotten Tomatoes might go up or down, but it's like, well, we'll use these actors and do this and, and it'll be cash flow positive and we'll make some money and move on. My question to you and also to listeners of this podcast, what was the last movie that you saw that you went... That was art, and I loved it. The last movie I saw in theaters, or just in general? Yeah, we're going to have the same answer, but in the theaters. In the theaters, it was Avatar. Yeah, absolutely. Avatar was a movie-going experience. And usually 3D, I'm like, whatever, who cares? It's just an, <laughs> it's an easy way for you to get three more dollars on my ticket price. Yes. To where you these ran glasses. it through a computer, and, and it's cheesy, and it... Yeah, but Avatar, and I remember James Cameron working so hard Took on that movie. years to make. Like, I think it was over 10 years, because he needed the technology to develop to do it. And I was transported into Pandora when I watched that movie. I still talk about it. I think it's been almost 10 years later. There's four more coming out, apparently. Which is crazy, but... But I will go watch it multiple times sure. if, if it's, it's the same a new, experience. new experience. And the difference that they talk about is most 3D is it's kind of cheesy in the sense of stuff pops out at the screen at you. That's what you see is like stuff is coming at you. Whoa. Whereas the way they filmed it, and mostly that's just the way computer, they do the thing. After, but because he actually filmed it, was it for a 3D, really good, thank you. good explanation. Wow, there was no way we're getting into that is instead of popping out at you, it was all about depth. And stuff went backwards for a million miles as opposed to jumping out at you. Yeah, and, I and felt like I could see effect. into the movie screen and there was a world there. Ugh. What if you could put on 3D glasses for people and dun, then you could dun, actually dun. see... That was a really funny tweet inside. that came out when not, that happened. Oh, sorry, not not x-ray glasses, just 3D glasses so you can see like inside their souls. Oh, I thought you were saying, what if you could see in 3D? I'm like, guess what, bro? You can. No, I just meant like... That was yeah. a tweet that came up. People said like, oh, wouldn't it be amazing if we could see in 3D? People were like, dot, 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 <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Like, <laughs> you know what's really cool about movies, speaking of Academy Awards, is if someone... like I, I think the best movie should win. If that's on YouTube and it's an awesome movie, sure. it should win the award for best movie in that calendar year. Yeah. As opposed to just, hey, it needs to run in these theaters because that's what we said. Now he's saying they can win an Emmy because they're TV-based, but it just feels like a little bit of the old-school mentality towards it new is. school streaming. It is, and I expect better from Steven Spielberg. When we were in NAB, there's some guys that were laughing at you. Yes. What was the, the context for that? Well, there was a, you know, a prominent camera manufacturer who was not at NAB because they basically said it's become YouTube land. Red, like there's, red right. Red Epic cameras. We won't say who the company is. Red. So, you know, they didn't want to be there because it wasn't like serious cinematographers all the time now. And there were so many companies companies there showing off like stuff for making stuff on YouTube. And I half jokingly, but half seriously said, yeah, like, I mean, YouTube's going to kind of take over the world and destroy the movie industry because I actually believe that, not destroy it, but it, it's going to change it. Netflix is changing it. And they just laughed. They said, yeah, call me with Spielberg's on YouTube. But uh, And it sounds like Spielberg will never be on YouTube after that comment about Netflix, but... People don't understand how much time people are spending watching YouTube that they used to spend watching, you know, TV or movies in the traditional sense of the number's probably a lot more now, but it used to be a hundred billion minutes a month was on watching 
people play video games, you know, on YouTube. And that's just like one little niche. And that's not even counting Twitch, which is where it's really massive. And, you know, you got all these new platforms, but... Twitch. Um, yeah, it doesn't sound like Spielberg will be on YouTube, but that doesn't mean blockbusters aren't going to be on YouTube. And we have to always remember this when people talk. It's that coming back to self-preservation, people care about themselves more than anything else. Mm-hmm. And change, unfortunately or fortunately, depending how you see it, happens gradually and over time. And so this whole idea of we'll use autonomous vehicles as an example. We all know it's coming. Yep. Eventually, it'll be here. Probably in 20 years, we'll have autonomous vehicles, right? Mm-hmm. And right now, people are saying, oh, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Well, because you're a taxi driver or an Uber driver, and you don't want it to happen. For sure. So this guy says, oh, call me when Spielberg's on YouTube. Well, guess what, man? Spielberg won't be around when this happens, yeah. but it will happen. Absolutely, it's going to happen. Well, look at Boston Dynamics. They're robots. They're now doing like backflips, and they're starting to get fast. Like Before, it was like, oh, the motion's kind of there, but... You know, it's not long before lots of daily work is just going to be, it's going to be robots. The math will make sense. It could be three years, it could be 30 years, but it's going to happen. Do not get me started on robots. Greg, do you think AI is going to be positive or negative? I'm going to talk about another thing that's either positive or negative. It's usually You're negative. You're really going to just avoid the question about AI? I, the just whole, tell the, whole the people podcast. that you think they're going to ruin. The whole podcast will become It's AI going to based. destroy human base. If one person tweets or messages us and says, I want to hear what Greg's takes on AI in the end of the world. No, no. I will I will go into that on the next podcast. Hey, save us all. Don't, don't tweet him. Give me one person. Uh, Michael Jackson. Oh, no. The late Michael Jackson, the yeah. king of pop, his reputation, outside of him being strange and weird, mm-hmm. in terms of the music that he brought the yeah. world, it's almost unprecedented. Like, you think of, like, the Jackson, uh, the Beatles. Yep. Like, I'm running out of people right now. Like, he is that high up on the hierarchy of musicians. I didn't actually really get Michael Jackson. I mean, he was, I was born in 87 and he was already, I think he was popular, started getting really popular in the, like, especially the early 80s. And then, you know, I just, I didn't listen to him. But when I saw the documentary, This Is It, which was kind of his last tour before he died, and it wasn't, even he never got to perform. He didn't get to perform, but all the lead up to it and the music and understanding how insanely talented he was at that moment, I was like, I was converted. I was like, this guy, we will never see a talent like this again. Probably not in my lifetime. I I didn't think that. And then to come full circle to now, hearing these stories about this Finding Neverland documentary is kind of crazy. Yeah, Leaving Neverland documentary. Leaving Neverland. And so when Michael was around and still alive, there was always these rumors that he was kind of, I'll use the word messed up, in the sense that he was kind of a child. Right. People thought he was a child and wanted to hang out with young kids. And that was always weird because he had a crazy, crazy yes. trauma in his childhood. And But he was such an incredible talent, people would overlook it. Yeah, and kind of give, I think, give him the benefit of the doubt. And now there's this documentary. Make excuses, yeah. Sure. Documentary coming out that is revealing that there were some, you know, very inappropriate relationships, I guess, allegedly. But my wife told me about how they premiered this, I think, at Sundance this year. And they had the director and two of the boys who were in it, who previously, I think, in the early 2000s were on record as saying nothing inappropriate happened. Mm-hmm. Which but, is common. Yeah, which is common. I think as they've worked through their own trauma and realizing what happened, you know, they have a very different, you know, view of it. And obviously I, I believe the Michael Jackson's camp vehemently denies all the allegations, but they stuck around at like people were bawling in the theaters and they were answering questions and crying. And 
it's very, very damning, the whole thing. Right. We're now in a different culture where this sort of stuff is being brought out from the darkness into the light, and people mm-hmm. are giving it its due, right? You have the Me Too movement. People yes. are saying, this is done, guys. Yep. You cannot treat women like this anymore because it's not acceptable. Right. And finally, there's actions being put behind words. And the reason I find this interesting is because it is Michael Jackson, and people want to love Michael Jackson, yep. and people want to listen to his music because it's so good. And yet, yeah, I wonder... And I'm hearing stories now of radio stations saying, "Sorry, we can't actually yeah, play I Michael think I Jackson." Heard Australia anymore. might have been New Zealand, even Canada. Radio stations are starting to pull it because how can you celebrate someone? And is there a way to separate it? And I guess that's that's the challenge or the question. But it's funny to me seeing we have R. Kelly in the spotlight, and now we have Michael Jackson in the spotlight mm-hmm. in different but similar things. Sure, I guess, yeah. I mean, Michael Jackson is not alive. R. Kelly is alive. But I'm curious to see if the public will pick a favorite there or if they will treat them equally. No, they won't treat them equally. Because you can't. Because you like Michael Jackson more. He's had a bigger impact on culture and history than R. Kelly has. With Michael Jackson, there's protests in his favor about this movie. Being like, how dare you defame Michael Jackson? Because people want to not believe it. Yeah, and do you think they've watched the movie? Uh, at this point, I don't think they had because it, they were protesting outside of it sure. while the movie was happening. But then you've got the other side of it where people are saying, like, listen, this is not okay. No. And you bring up a, an interesting point about how we're going to deal with this because there's a lot of monuments being torn down and people saying, like, I can't quote Winston Churchill because he had vices or, or said some really negative things. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as a society, we're learning and maturing and kind of going through this growth phase of how do we reconcile the fact that everyone has negative things and positive things in your life, whether they were known or not, anyone right. listening to this podcast, there are things that you're not proud of that you've done in your life and there are things that you're proud of. Yes. And you usually share the things you're proud of and people are, they know you for the things you're proud of. Yet when they pass, so when when they comes out that, wait a minute, you had vices and negative things. Sometimes I think we pretend like that we, that we're Yeah, innocent. we ourselves. Yeah. I mean, there's a saying about he who is without sin cast the first stone, but There is also some judgment going to be required in this because if you had to say the only things we can endorse and listen to or participate in in life need to come from people who have zero faults, everybody's disqualified. Mm -hmm. But what level of faults is acceptable? Because obviously uh, abusing kids... Yeah, there has to be accountability. Not cool. There has to be. But there's going to become these areas where... We're going to somehow, and I don't know how as a society, decide that's okay, that's okay, that's not okay, not okay, yes, that's okay, and how do we navigate those sides? And I'm not sure at this point, and I'm I'm curious to see what's going to happen. In 10 years' time, is listening to the Thriller album going to be taboo because of all the atrocities that Michael Jackson allegedly caused? It, what's interesting as I see all of this is how... I think it's easier for people to be outraged at what somebody else has done instead of using these as moments to reflect on, hey, where am I at right now as a person? And do I need to look myself in the mirror and go, there's some things in my life right now that if I don't deal with, will become bigger issues that could cause serious problems. Mm. And I think it's actually easier to realize like, we're all in pain in some kind of way. We all have fears and hurts and anger and resentment and bitterness. There's all things that are inside of us that we don't want to feel or address that are going on. 
But rather than addressing those things, it's so much easier to just, hey, let's go play video games. Let's get upset about politics or rage about the stuff that's going online or get into arguments or numb and just watch shows and do all these kinds of things. Yet those things don't just go away. Sure. And people don't like to work on things. It's, no, it's, because it's, it's uncomfortable. Work. And yeah, it's, it's and work. work and it's messy. And you actually have to look yourself in the mirror and, and deal with that stuff. And yeah, it's tough. And I just wonder, I hope in this situation that there are people who are going, rather than just going, oh my goodness, what a horrible person, at least going, okay, well, you know, hopefully no one listening to this podcast is at that level. But I think if you took some time to look in the mirror, you go, you know what, there's still some things in my life that. I need to deal with, and how do I do that? So if I put you on the spot right now and say, will you, in this moment, listen to Michael Jackson's music and not feel guilty? What do you have? What do you say? I haven't actually made that decision yet. Okay. Meaning, I'm like, we actually, now that I look around, we have a Michael Jackson thriller vinyl our on studio, our set. Right? And I think for me, I would err on the side of caution until I come to a decision. Meaning, I'm going to take it down, and I'm going to work through it, and is, I'm, see watching, what comes I'm watching you work through I'm right processing. Now. I'm an external processor. And I go, you know what? I, For me, I haven't watched it yet. So, But probably what I do is go, you know what? I'm actually not going to listen to Michael Jackson until I've gone through this and seen that and waited a little bit for a chance for the reverse facts to come out to go, is there another side to this? Which always happens, right? Because you know there is always two sides to the story and we're so quick to jump on it. Like the Fire Festival, it was, wasn't their fault. What? Yes, it was. Yeah, that's kind of where I landed. One side on that story. <laughs> you don't... Well, yeah, there is. He's in jail. So, I mean, I think that helps. Although Ja Rule's going to do it again. But you? That was fun. I, I think at this point, I would still listen to his music guilt-free at this okay. point. And that is open to changing in the next hour. I have no idea. But right now, I don't have a problem with it. I know that people say, you're endorsing Michael Jackson. It's like, yeah, I might be. But at, at this point in my decision, I'm not there yet. But I'm... I'm very open to changing that. And so feel free to change my mind. Uh, and I could change my mind as soon as I watch that documentary, which is yeah. going on the list. It's going on the list of things to watch when I'm I'm not usually like a documentary person. My wife, she will, I think she, uh, if she hasn't watched it already, she watched the whole R. Kelly one. And, uh, and I'm sure she will watch this one and work her way through it and I'll get oh, cold she's notes. Watching. We know she's watching. Oh yeah. Okay. So before we go, one last topic, one last thing. This is, Celebrities, we've been talking about a lot about celebrities and entertainment mm-hmm. today. A big celebrity that used to be a huge country star, Taylor Swift, now she's a big pop star. And she's been on kind of her own journey. She's one of the biggest oh, pop yeah. stars on the planet. I mean, no Taylor, one touches I Taylor's, Taylor's dead. What? Does she have a new name? Isn't there something about, like, in one of her songs, like, Taylor can't come to the phone right now? She's dead. Weird. No, I think it's one of the things. But she was moving on from being that... You know, cute, curly-haired, country Yeah, and everyone does it. Haley Duff did it with her stuff. What? Miley Cyrus did it with her Mm. stuff. Yeah. Britney Spears. Everyone kind of rebels in their... I couldn't imagine actually going through that. Grow up, but for her, she went from like country and didn't grow up in country. She went to... Full-on pop. Anyway, she's got like 112 million followers on Instagram, I think. And her her stance has always been, I'm not going to talk about politics because... She's like, I don't know. Yep. I don't know what I believe. Until recently, she came out, I think it was last year, two years ago, and she kind of endorsed the Democrats and said, listen, sure. I believe this yep. now. And so she has this really interesting article. She's turning 30 this year. 30 things I learned before turning 30. And I read it and I thought, this is actually kind of profound stuff because we forget that if you're a celebrity, you're a person. Right. And that you have feelings and to-do lists and thoughts and preferences and moments of reflection 
And she has a lot of things on this list that I thought was can, was kind of interesting. Can you imagine the things people would say to you if you had 112 million people following you? That's overwhelming. Yeah, and she kind of walks through some of this in this. So I'll just read a couple and we can comment as, as you want to go. But uh, she learned, I need to learn to block some of the noise. She talks about social media and sure. how it's not always truthful on there. You could... If you just wanted dopamine hits at that level, you could just refresh all the time, but then you would also see the haters in there, and that would just be wild emotional swings well, we know all this, the time. Because once in a while, we get a troll or a hater on YouTube or Twitter or whatever that say, hey, you guys suck, or you know, think 10 times worse than that. Mm-hmm. And usually it doesn't bug you. But once in a while, if you're in yeah. a weird mood, it gets to you. And imagine Something that times a billion yeah. if you're Taylor Swift. Uh, I like this piece. She says, being sweet to everyone all the time can get you in a lot of trouble. Hmm. And I think that's wise. Probably is. She's talking about, you can't just be nice to everyone because right. people will take advantage of you. Yep. And obviously she thought she could get away with that. And I actually reminisce with her on this a little bit because I've always been the nice guy. Mm-hmm. And I realize there are people out there that are snakes that go, cool, I'm going to expose you and move my platform forward and take advantage of your niceness. Mm-hmm. And she talks about how trying and failing is normal. And, right. And after you fail again, after trying, that's also normal. And then failing again is also normal. Isn't that funny how I imagine that that industry is cutthroat and she's probably at least because I think she has her own label or at least did to go. She could produce some of her own music. But can you imagine being another one of those pop stars where if you don't have a good album, you're probably cut. And for sure, if you have two flops in a row, you're done. Yep. You're out. See ya. And that's not normal life. Normal life is... You know what? You're going to try some. Some of it's going to be great. Not all of it's going to be good. And you just keep trying. Wow. She says, I learned not to let outside opinions establish the value I place on my own life choices. That's tough, actually. Yeah, for anyone. We all have parents and expectations that go, you need to go to university. Stop making videos on the internet for a living or stop playing video games or stop, 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 stop. And it's like, how... I think there's some people that never actually arrive at that to say, I'm going to stand up for myself and no, I'm going to listen, mom and dad, I'm going to do what I want. Do you know how hard it would be growing up in that? Or I think about something dumb. Hey, you post a picture of a burrito at Chipotle and have all these people piling on why you're such a horrible human being for going to Chipotle. Because there's always people who get, I don't even know what the controversy would be, but there would be controversy. And suddenly you're like, oh, I guess I shouldn't go to Chipotle. But it doesn't matter what you do or where you go, somebody's always going to have a problem with it. There's some profound things here. Like, it's my opinion that in cases of sexual assault, I believe the victim. And she's obviously been sexually assaulted. That was in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the media. And I just thought, I think most of us lean toward that. And you hate to see people. There's actually not a lot of people that I know of. And mm-hmm. I know it can exist and does exist that would put themselves out there to say, I'm going to I'm gonna betray all my integrity for a few dollars. Yeah. And the problem is every once in a while it happens, but... Why wouldn't you at least start there? And I guess we're in the innocent until proven guilty world. But This is my last one. She says, realizing childhood scars and working on rectifying them. So she talks about when she was a kid, she was an outsider. Growing Mm. up in in school, she would eat by herself and no one would care about her. And then when she kind of broke through, she had all these friends. And she was constantly taking photos and being like, hey, I've arrived. Here's my crew. And she was trying to fill a void that she didn't have when she was a kid. And she's kind of working through... Okay, that was bad, but this is not necessarily better. Isn't that funny? We try and fill a void instead of just removing the void. Like we think that's how you you get rid of the void is filling the void as opposed to going, no, there's actually like you have a wound. You need that to heal. This is the quote. It's important to address our longstanding issues before we turn into the living embodiment of them. Ooh. Taylor Swift. Wow. Anyway, there's Indeed. lots there's lots of things in there. 
that are fun. Things like I like 3M command tape and making cocktails and knowing three good recipes. So it's not all heavy stuff like that. But I think we forget that these are real people and they have real thoughts. And once in a while you can see between the mm-hmm. curtain or behind yeah. the curtain and go, hmm. And don't we love it when people just are real? Hey, this sucks. I hate this part. Where they're like, oh, you make so much money. You know, who cares? You just have to put up with this. Nah, I mean, you get some of it. It comes with the territory, but they shouldn't have to. Look what you made me do, man. You? Look what you made me do. Look what you made me do. That's the only Taylor song that comes to mind right now. Now it's going to be stuck in my head all day. Because we got bad blood. Now we got problems. That's probably a good place to end it, hey? With you singing. Go for it. Sing us out. See you next week. I'm trying to think of another Taylor song now. No, sing that bad blood song. Are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? Is that Sean Hall? It's a Taylor song. Taylor, 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 Taylor